Let's learn about engaging spiritual battle again. We started this last week asking the question about how do we engage the the present battles we all have and how do we conquer. So go with me to Exodus 17. Exodus 17. We're going to start at verse 8. This is going to set the context for what we learned today. Exodus 17 verse 8 says, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us tomorrow. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So he won that victory. My question to you is this, what are the battles you are presently facing? They can be physical, perhaps a recent diagnosis from a doctor. They can be relational with a coworker, a family member. They can be financial. What are the pressing battles in your life? How do we conquer? None of us escape the battle. So the Lord teaches us in this passage something profound. As long as Moses' hands were up in prayer, Joshua and the Israelites, they advanced. When his hands came down, it was then that the enemy had the advantage. So we saw this lesson last week, and it's about having our hands up in prayer. That's the supernatural. When we, like Joshua, put our hands on the sword and we fight, that's the natural. But we need the supernatural to empower the natural. You cannot remove Joshua from the valley. But if you don't have Moses in an attitude of prayer, the empowerment for the practical, physical battle isn't there for success. So we live in both worlds. We have our hands up in prayer so that the supernatural, as we pray, empowers the natural activity based on the wisdom God gives us in the battle. And we experience what Joshua experienced, the advantage. It means to advance, to make headway, to progress, to improve. My hands are up in prayer over this church, over every family in this church, that regardless of present battle, they will experience the supernatural empowering their natural effort, wisdom, and action for the advantage. God wants you To conquer, not cope. Conquer. We're talking about victory through the power of God that shows up in the physical reality of life. What are the workable leads to make this happen so that it becomes a reality? Let's take Israel for our example. Look at the context of Exodus 17. They have come to Rephidim. Where did they come from? Well, They came out of Egypt, were confronted at the Red Sea. 
What happened before they left Egypt? They were told to make a sacrifice. Take the blood of the sacrifice and apply the blood. When they applied the blood on the left and the right of the door and at the top of the doorpost, the death angel passed over those homes where the blood was applied. No damage or despair or destruction came to those homes. And it gave a very clear signal prefiguring the cross of Jesus that when his blood would be shed and we would apply that blood in faith that we would have victory in present battle. So we see the influence of the cross even in that Old Testament type of applying the blood. They then the next day were led out of Egypt. Ultimately they come to the Red Sea. You know the story. God delivers them. On the other side of the Red Sea they celebrate. They declare that God was their salvation and strength. The horse and the rider had been thrown into the sea. And they celebrated the victory that God had given them. They couldn't attain that. It was a work of the Spirit of God. Their rescue was because of the redemptive power of God. Again, such a powerful picture of salvation. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. Your rescue from sin is all because of the redemptive power of God. Of Jesus Christ. On the other side of the Red Sea. It's not two days. Until they encounter a battle. It's a reality for all of us. The other side of salvation. Is not a future void of battle. There will be challenges. Their first challenge. Was the need for water. The water they came to. At this oasis in a desert. Was bitter. So to drink it would be destructive. Their families and their livestock destroyed right there. And so they despair and they even mention going back to Egypt. If you can imagine, they say, it would have been better to never leave than to be here without water. God instructs Moses to pick up this piece of wood and to put the wood in the bitter water. When he does, the bitter water is revolutionized. It is transformed into healthy drinking water, so that it was everything that Israel and all of their livestock needed. And it is in that place that Moses gives that name, that Hebrew compound name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. That's where it shows up. But isn't it interesting, when the Lord our healer is revealed, and the first time the great physician intervenes, it is not for physical healing. It is for the healing of an inner attitude. An attitude that refused to remember what God had done in the past and therefore was not trusting God in the present. So God had a healing for their souls. Perhaps you're going through something right now and your battle is very bitter. It's very destructive. I want you to see that the wood put into that water prefigures again the coming cross of Jesus Christ. And when you apply the power of the cross by praying in the name of Jesus to your situation, you are going to experience power that can turn something that is destructive into something that is healthy. It's the power of God. We're looking at the context of their situation. It's Egypt. It's then through the Red Sea. They come to this place where the, it's called Mara. It was bitter waters. God transformed it on. They keep traveling. They come to Rephidim. The Amalekites are there. The Amalekites have a unique strategy. 
We don't have to fight them. Look at how many of them there are. I mean, it's 2 million people plus livestock. Let's cut off the flow of water. They'll die. So they stopped this perpetual flow in this stream that ran through Rephidim. And now Israel, it's not just water that's bitter. There's no water. I mean, this is it. There's nothing left and their history. And so they once again talk about how it was better in Egypt. So we see this kind of interesting cycle. And so what happens? God instructs Moses to take his staff and there was a certain rock. And he says, strike the rock. And as he struck the rock under the instruction of the Lord, water gushed more than enough for all of Israel and their livestock. Paul talked about that rock. Now, it's so interesting because in the Old Testament, again and again, you're seeing Jesus right on the pages of the Old Testament. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, speaking of that very instance in Rephidim, that the rock was Christ Jesus. And when Moses struck that rock and supply came, it was prefiguring when the soldiers would strike the body of Jesus when he was hanging on the cross... And from his stripes, healing and provision and supply would flow in abundance. So look at the context. Coming out of Egypt, it was prefiguring the cross. At the Red Sea, the power of salvation, prefiguring the cross. The bitter waters, it was prefiguring the cross. Where there was no water, but it came from a rock, it was prefiguring the cross. Now the Amalekites say, we've got to do a frontal assault, all-out battle. They pulled every sword, got every soldier, and these evil Amalekites attacked. Moses said, Joshua, get in the valley and fight. I'm going to the mountain. Aaron and Hur will assist me. And as Moses was there with hands raised, in prayer, Joshua had the advantage. Moses became weary, his hands fell, Aaron and Hur supported him. And as his hands were up in prayer, the Bible says, as a result, Joshua won the battle that day. And so then Moses declared another name of God, and he called him Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. In the bitter waters and the lack of water, we see the power of God. In the Lord, our banner, it is the presence of God. It is the influence of his presence. In that day, enemies and armies, they had reputations. And when an army would go into a battle, they would bear their banner to lead them into battle. And if their army had the reputation of victory, even their banner would strike fear in the heart of their opponent. Up until this point, what we have seen is the power of the cross in the Old Testament. It doesn't stop when he declares the Lord is our banner. He is now going to turn us to the cross because it's all about who we are lifting up and what we are lifting up. And when he declared the Lord is our banner, he is lifting up the presence of God. It's where God leaned into the circumstance of his people and God brought victory that day. And then God declared another name of his nature 
And again, teaching us that God is all about being involved and providing for his people. Every bit of it pointing to the cross. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated the ultimate enemy, Satan himself. He disarmed him. And when you lift up the name of Jesus in intercessory prayer over present battle, you are lifting a standard. You are lifting a banner. And it is a blood-stained banner. And it reminds the enemy of his defeat. And it's like a victorious army marching and nothing can prevail against them. So all through the story is the power of the cross. My hands are up in prayer for you as a church, for us as a church family. That those present battles, you will conquer. Not because of who you are. And notice, we've not studied one time Joshua's leadership skill to fight in the battle. To fight in the valley against the Amalekites. We haven't studied the Amalekites. We haven't studied Joshua and his ability to motivate people. To inspire people. To get people to like doing what they otherwise don't like. None of that. Because it's not about Joshua. The only thing we learn from Joshua is you cannot remove yourself from the battle. But the advantage is not in our wisdom. And it is not in our education. It is not in our motivational skill set, our leadership skill set. The advantage comes when the supernatural empowers the natural. That's where your skill set matters. That's where giving yourself to an educational process to be prepared matters. That's where always being a learner matters. That's where having a heart to grow, to be at your best matters. But apart from the supernatural... You are just a mere person and you're going to be swinging a styrofoam sword. You need supernatural in your natural. And that comes when your hands are up with a dependency upon the power of God. That comes when you pray in the name of Jesus. That's applying the power of the cross. I pray this. For cycles of defense. To stop. Israel got into drought, whether it be bitter waters or no water, and drought led to doubt. Such despair that they said it was better in Egypt. Now that's deep, deep depression. God would provide. It was like They would be drenched through the provision of God. And in their near future was another battle. And the same cycle. They questioned God. They questioned His presence, His availability, His power. And then they questioned Moses. Then in their despair, they want to go back to Egypt. God wants to break cycles of despair and do an inner healing in our faith life. To where once again, we believe in an awesome God. 
a mighty God, a great God, a God who's not like this opposite equal with Satan. Satan's over here and Jesus is over here and Carmen's singing the champion and they fight it out to see who's going to win. And only people my age know what I'm talking about. How many of you were in the human video? My God. We should do that when no one else is here. Jesus is God. He's very God. He's God of gods. And his name is above every name. He is the victor. Absolute and complete. There is not even a close second. His glory is higher than the heavens. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. I want to tell you when the trumpet sounds in Him we will be found and we will be dressed in His righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne and it's not by works that we have done or the wisdom of man it is because of the mighty power of the name of Jesus that can heal, deliver and keep us until that day. I'm excited today because we can conquer. Too many people are trying to learn how to cope. Rather than win. Rather than conquer. Rather than progress, improve, make headway. If we apply this message, then with present battle, when you come in next week, here's your, te- your story. I'm making progress. Things are improving. Making headway. Moving forward. Not where I used to be. And your language is going to contain more about God than it does the problem. God's with me. God's helping me. So you're going to start talking of the affirmation of God's presence. The Lord's blessing me. The Lord's strengthening me. I'm sensing a peace and a power. God is my help. You're going to talk more about God because God is going to occupy your thoughts and your heart. You see, He is your banner. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, hallelujah, the Lord will raise a standard, a banner against him. You will be moving in a position and attitude of victory. If your soul can get healed and we break the evil destructive cycle of doubt and despair, you're going to move from glory to glory to glory. And then ultimate glory. He has delivered. He is delivering. And he will yet deliver That's salvation. That's present battle. That is my eternal home from this broken, fallen world. Hallelujah. David walks out to face the giant. And all of Israel is giving us the details of the giant. David doesn't even reference the guy other than to point out the fact that he was a pagan. Which meant he's not on the Lord's side. The Lord is on our side. The only thing that David referenced was, this is a Philistine. As if to say, don't you know that he's defying God, our great and awesome God. And Israel says, but look at how tall he is. Obviously, he's the champion of Gath. All David talks about 
is the God of his past who gave him the lion and the bear who was the God of the present battle who would give the giant over into his hands. And so David says this battle is the Lord's and he went out in faith. Here's the physical. He had to use a slingshot. That was a practical reality of the physical battle. But you better know there was some super in the natural. In order for a giant to be hit at just the place that would cause a giant to fall down. So that then David could go and use the giant sword to kill him. I'm telling you, we should be a church that talks more about the greatness of God than the size of the enemy. Come on, let's get filled with faith. I'm telling you, it's a miracle that needs to happen in our faith life. There's way too much talk about the circumstance. There should be more talk about the greatness of God. Set it up against the greatness of God. When you talk more about the circumstance, you'll be tempted to reduce God to the size of your circumstance. When you talk about God, you realize how limited the circumstance really is in light of who He is. Amen? The Lord is a healer. The Lord is a great physician. And maybe the healing you need is in your soul in response to a very bitter situation. Or maybe you're just so defeated and empty and there's like, you you would say of yourself, there's nothing left. Just like when they came to Rephidim, there was no water. May you today learn of Jesus' supply. Jesus sustained them that day and not only gave them what they needed to live, but gave them more than enough. If there's like an intense battle you're fighting as the Amalekites drew the sword and attacked Israel, may you discover the character and nature of God that is a standard, a banner that goes before you In the first two, we're talking about His power. In this third one, we're talking about His presence. The pure power of the presence of Jesus. All applied when we pray in His name.